Glory. Glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your faithful witness. And our leaves shall never, never wither. Holy Ghost. That was an incredible time of flying in the spirit of prophecy with the great white eagle. Amen. Jesus Christ is our senior prophet, the great white eagle. He is the spirit of prophecy. He is the inspiration of the prophets. Mm -hmm. What is a prophet? Someone who interprets the divine will. Someone inspired to preach and tell you the truth and help you interpret what's going on in your life. So you stay the course. <laughs> Moses, perhaps the greatest prophet of all time, what did he do? Led an exodus out of Egypt all the way to the Promised Land. And the spirit of prophecy continued to work through Joshua and Caleb to this very moment. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's the Holy Spirit and He changes not. He's Jesus Christ the Messiah, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's our Heavenly Father of our spirit life. He has given us His Spirit so that we can be like Him in every area of our heart with no difference. What does the Bible say? As He is in heaven, so are we in this world. Have you come to the realization that you're a temple of the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb? You're a temple of the Word, and you're a temple of the Spirit, and you're a, the temple of the blood of Jesus Christ. You're a temple of God, and not Nimrod. <laughs> See, even if a person were to constantly point out the negative things in their life, it would disagree with the blood. A lot of people have a religious spirit that only speak the negative things. Now, it's one thing to come as a prophet and correct and chasten and do it out of the Father's heart and out of love. It's another thing to always be nitpicking at each other. That's satanic activity. It's false humi humility, and it's also uh, shame. And it's, uh, what is the other one? Self-pity. It's major self-pity. Self-pity is the, the stinkiest, most rotten demon in all Satan's hell. Self-pity will always say the negative thing, but it's an act of pride. It's actually satanic. It's, it's a form of pride. It's actually the stinkiest, most disgusting, slimy demon in the realm of demons called Satan's pride. Self-pity is part of the religious realm that says, oh, always pointing out my negative things. Oh, but you point them out. The prophet points them out to eject them out, to fill you with the living word, with the spirit of prophecy. People in self-pity will receive the apostolic correction. They'll receive the prophetic rebuke, but they won't receive it in love. They'll, they'll receive it in a spirit of rejection. Like, oh, you don't love me. You hate me. You're just condemning me. But it's the self-pity in them that rejects the actual training in the anointing so that you can know who you are in Christ and get off the grave clothes of who you were as a goat, which is a religious person. In Luke 15, God the Father said to the older prodigal, we could have killed this goat any time you wanted to. 
So religion is the goat. It's the goat head of Satan. The stubbornness of the pride of religion and all, all the demons of religion which are the majority of Satan's demons. They're not so much lust demons, although there's a realm of Sodom. It's the realm of Egypt more than anything that we have to attack with the spirit of Elijah in order to have never-ending revival in our nations. And it's the most deceptive realm because it hides behind the appearance and the knowledge of good. People will often applaud self-pity as like, whoa, that person's so holy. Look at, much, look at how much they hate themselves. Whoa, that's so awesome. You know? You see it everywhere like it's applauded. And you're worshiping demons when you're applauding that stuff. <laughs> There's nothing holy about... And then they'll come around and as someone that's in that religious demon and that pride spirit of the realm of Egypt, of Satan's self-righteousness and the white magic of the magic arts, and they'll come around someone that's confident in the anointing and they'll accuse them of being prideful. Because you have confidence in the Holy One in you, Christ in you, and you realize the glory. Now that's arrogance to you. You're the one being arrogant because you're not emitting any glory. You're not emitting any light. So the captives always blame their deliverers for their problems. You see it every single time in the Bible. You see it every single revival in the last 6,000 years. The captives of Satan will blame their deliverers for all their problems every day because it's like they're not looking at the, the person delivering them. When they see the person delivering them, it's a mirror of the Father and they're pointing out their own sins like the hypocrites of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John planks and specks in their eyes. And the deliverers are anointed ones that don't care about any of that crap of flesh. We're just here for wine and oil, amen? Promised land grapes and all that rubbish of hell. We don't even have anything to do with that realm. That's Satan. What does the living have to do with the dead, you know? So we're just, we just basically ignore it because it's sin. You know, we're not even attacking it half the time. We just let it go because the people are coming out of so much planks and specks and accuser of the brethren syndrome and such carnal religion that it's absolutely everywhere and in everyone. And if you were to constantly point it out, I mean, there'd be no other job. And so what you got to do is you got to energize their spirit with the prophetic anointing. You got to stir up the Holy One that's already in their bellies and get them to get their minds whacked in the glory. Get their minds to be in agreement with the glory, in agreement with the favor of the Lord, in agreement with the love of Jesus towards you. So you stop interpreting the prophetic word as condemnation and you start interpreting the living word, the sword of the Spirit, the love of God correctly, rightly discerning the word of God. God is love and God is a sword. Amen? What does the sword do? It cuts out all the roots out of your belly to the evil one so that you have only the roots of David and the sweetness of the child Jesus and the holiness of heaven and the pleasures and the fountains of glory springing up in your belly and whacking your carnal mind into the glory realm. So you can live in the realm of Eden and not hell on earth. Amen? <laughs> Christians live in such a torment, and I know because they tell me every day how all the stuff that's going wrong and how bad everything is, and it's like, wow, 
can you just be in heaven? Well, I'm in the wilderness, in the wilderness, and they're always telling me about the snakes. And, you know, yeah, the snakes are real. You know, there's 200 million demons, according to Revelation chapter 9, that are trying to kill you. So I'm well aware of that. They've tried to kill me every day, too, until I just kept drinking and kept eating and feasting and got so fat in the Father's house and the fatness of His glory that it can't touch me. It's so far outside me. Even when it manifests around me, it can't get through my force field of favor, which is called the armor of light. The Apostle Paul says you have to put on the armor of light. You have to put on the favor of the Lord Jesus. You have to put on the force field of favor. You have to wrap yourself in the Holy One because He's in you, and all you have to do is renew your mind and let it through the gate of your head. Lift up your heads, O you gates, so that the King of glory can come out. Old covenant, come in. Okay, we're in a greater covenant. Now he comes out because he's Christ in you. Hoping your mind realizes the glory so he can be Christ through you and you can be an anointed one, a Christian in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not already a Christian. That condemns me even more. Yeah, I know. Hallelujah. So it's just never-ending layers of pride, isn't it? <laughs> and lust is a byproduct of pride. So you only need to deal with the strong man of the goat. It's true. I don't even hardly ever attack the calf. The calf is the byproduct of the goat. The only reason why the younger prodigal went to the pig trough is because he was around his older brother his whole life and he thought that was Christianity. So I'm... That's horrible. That is slavery. That is hell. That is Egyptian hell. I don't want scarabs crawling in and out of my five physical senses like my big brother. You know? Complete raging demoniac Pharisee and a murderer of the seed line of Cain. No thank you. I'd rather be a crackhead in Las Vegas with a different prostitute every day. At least then they're kind of happy for a minute in sexual immorality the pleasures of sin for a season, and then they're dead, crawling back to daddy. I'm not going around the mountain one more time. Next time around the mountain, I know I'm dead. You know what I mean? Some of you prodigals know that. Some of you are still testing it. What can I get away with? How much sin will he let me get away with? And then they're just feeling shamed and condemned all the time because they're still jerking off to pornography, lusting all the time greedy for money all the time, just thinking about money. <laughs> That's what the rebellious realm of Sodom does. And it's all about lust, and then the pride realm is all about pride. The, the realm of Egypt, the realm of the goat. And I tell you guys what, when we start slaughtering our own pride, and I love it, man. I am eating my goat and I am eating my calf every single day. There's no hypocrisy here. I am well aware that I am constantly eating my own goat, constantly eating my own calf. You know, we come out of all the pride and all the lust that's in the world. Every single one of us. Every single one of us. The only difference is when you enter the kingdom, you begin feasting on fresh bread and new wine and begin eating our fattened calf and begin eating our goat. We begin eating our pride. We begin eating our lust so that the only thing that remains in our bodies is the living Lord Jesus. Amen. The Lamb on the throne. So that glory realm is the only thing my five natural senses are aware of all the time. And I have to eat constantly. I mean, I backslide and become feral if I stop feasting on my goat and calf. You know, I could lose my salvation at this level, no doubt about it. 
Holy ghost. Oh, man. Ha, 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 ha. I'm well aware of that. The fear of God is before my eyes and steers me. I don't want to even be a little bit off track. You know what I mean? I've been so beat up by my own sin my whole life that I, I want him to control me just by his smile. You know? Just so one with the Father that I can walk with him in the coolness of the day, which is in the glory cloud. And I want that glory cloud to get stronger, and I want it to touch everyone around me so they can also be delivered from hell, delivered from their sins, delivered from their pride, and delivered from their lust in Jesus' name. Amen. So for everyone that's you know still dealing with this constant friction and all this strife all over the place that we see every everywhere, I mean, it's everywhere. Oh, not my little group. My group don't have strife. I bet you... If a revival hit your group, like this group has been in revival and throne room grace and throne room glory, you would see stuff coming out of people's hearts you couldn't believe. I mean, they try to keep it hush-hush, you know, and like, you know, whitewashed tombs, but I get around people and whack them with the anointing and the things I hear coming out of Christians' hearts, I don't even hear sinners saying. It's like, why are you even suppressing that in your hearts? You should purify your heart from all unrighteousness. It's not about holding it in, Pharisees. It's about burning it out and becoming sons. <laughs> Amen. People want to use natural discipline to not change their heart because they don't believe the Holy Spirit can actually change and heal their heart. They don't know about eating their goat yet or eating their calf yet. They're outside the Father's house trying to do Christianity in their five physical senses in the flesh. And they're condemned no matter what they do because they're serving the curse of the law. You've seen it thousands of times. What do I need to do? What do I need to do? Just give me a ritual. Give me a formula. I can't just have freedom. We'll go crazy. The legalism is ingrained into my DNA. Anything but freedom, you know? Well, you're not the first one. Hallelujah. But you will be the last one. It's the last generation whose DNA is manipulated to the point of the slavery of the Israelites in Egypt. <laughs> I mean, you expose people to freedom and they're shocked. Is this lawful? God's not mad at me? And they all start crying. They're like, he's not mad at me? He's not mad at me? <laughs> well, I didn't do anything right. And it's like a revelation of His grace, dude. You know? You've been trying to earn the Father's approval by your works, older prodigals. Now it's like time for a revelation of His divine favor towards you by the slaying of the goat. Was Jesus the goat that was slain? Oh, you better believe it. He was the goat and the calf that was slain. He died for all the sins of pride, in spiritual Egypt, and he died for all the sins of lust in spiritual Sodom, which are Satan's two cities of the underworld, the white city of white magic and the black city of black magic. Come on, somebody. You guys want to learn about the apostolic of Moses? This is what you need to hear. Because we want the mightiest apostolic glory cloud witness to come forth out of your bellies and consume your regions in a 200-mile radius this season. And you're a lot closer than you think because the flesh counts for nothing and people are like so carnal and they need a 
cranial enema to remove religious poop from between their ears. Say cranial enema. Cranial enema. Yeah, there you go. Wonderful, because it's not about the flesh, it's about the spirit of grace. It's not about your ability. We can't do anything. We proved that in the old covenant. Come on. In the new covenant, it's Christ in you that does the works. You have the high priest of the new covenant in you. Colossians 1.21, Luke 17. I mean, it's over and over and over. 1 John 4.4, 4, the greater one in you versus the weaker one in the world. The weaker one in the world is the religious one that's got you all boxed in. You notice that? And it's like layer upon layer breaking out of your own flesh and carnal nature. And you're always tempted to blame everyone around you every step of the way until you realize, man, I was only fighting my own sins. It was never my spouse's fault. It was never my kid's fault, my parents' fault. It wasn't. It wasn't society's fault. You know, it was my fault and my own sin of my own belief systems, my own deception, that I was overcoming every degree of the way. And you assume full responsibility for your sin. And 1 John 1.9 says, He cleanses you then, and only then, from all your own unrighteousness, which is demonic activity, of all your white magic and black magic of pride and lust. It's all burnt out of your heart. And then you walk with a pure heart, and then you see God. And it gets so fun and so easy so fast. I know the fire will get so strong that even if it seems impossible for you today, he'll just burn up your heart and then it's like you'll finally yield your soul. You'll finally yield your brain to the Holy Spirit and it will get so easy. Bind yourself to the throne of grace in your belly. Bind your brain. Bind your soul. Bind your mind, will, and emotions to the gold altar that burns before His throne. Amen? There is an altar that burns with fire before our Father's throne in Zion. And we bind our hearts and we bind our brains to that altar to become living sacrifices. Every day. I mean, not just a living sacrifice when I'm down and out. You know, we see people... I mean, this is one of the sickest things I've ever seen in ministry for 13 years, and I really want to attack this lying, deceiving demon right now. And people will come around until God blesses them with a spouse, and then they stop growing. And then they just only care about the desires of their boyfriend or their girlfriend or their husband or their wife. And it's like, really? That that's all you wanted from God, and now you're going to live the rest of your life for the flesh? Just stop it. My God. Some of these people I started out with 13 years ago, 11 years ago in the drunken glory now, it's been raging in revival. The dumbest things have calmed them down. I mean, and it's all Jezebel and it's all lies and it's all demons and it's all like external rewards. Like, God gave me what I want, so I caught. Was it God that gave you what you wanted? So that you calm down and you're not on fire for God anymore and you're not walking the narrow path and you've settled for complacent satisfaction and now you care more about the needs of your children than the needs of the Holy One? You know? Family idolatry? That was the majority of excuses in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of why they could not walk with the Anointed One. But I got a funeral to go to. But my parents won't understand. I won't get my trust fund. 
and all this other stuff and it's like you know a rich young ruler and he went away sad and all this stuff <clears throat> are you gonna sacrifice or what are you gonna be a disciple or not are you gonna be a Christian and anointed one and serve Christ more highly than anything in this world you know the first commandment have no other gods and the greatest God is another human being especially your boyfriend and your girlfriend and your spouse and then, or your kids, and society says it's acceptable to put your spouse on a platter, on a, on a stage, on a pedestal, and just care more what they think than what the Holy Spirit thinks. And they never grow to the next degree of anointing oil. Oh! And then all these people that just want a boyfriend and a girlfriend and a spouse, and it's like, it's a carnal, natural desire. Crucify it. I tell you the truth from experience. I went for years, and it was hard because I had the same carnal appetites as all y'all. I just fasted, prayed, read the Bible, burned, really to purified my heart from my lust for years so I could disciple girls equally to boys, and it was never weird with lust, and they're not all a possible wife. And it's just like, I don't care if I'm an Apostle Paul the rest of my life for years in full-time ministry before meeting Penny. And then the audible voice of God, this is your wife, with confirming signs and wonders. And it was so easy. I mean, the refinement hasn't been easy. <laughs> Overcoming the goat of Egypt hasn't been easy. But the external realm of adding things unto me is the easiest, stupidest thing in the world. And that's the thing that distracts you the most. Concern and care of the natural realm. Jesus Christ called it sparrows. Take no thought for tomorrow like the sparrows. Sparrows could care less about tomorrow. They're always living in the now. You ever seen a sparrow worried before? Jesus Christ used that analogy. Sparrows! Oh, well, geez, you know, aren't I more powerful, more valuable to you than a sparrow, just a stupid little bird? And that's what that self-pity would say. We deal with that dumb demon every day. Yes, you are more valuable than the sparrows. Jesus told you that. And he also told you to not worry like the sparrows. <laughs> Amen? To not care about the natural realm and let the Holy Ghost add the natural realm unto you as you keep the anointed one your number one priority in your heart. And that's the hardest thing for anyone to do for season after season, year after year. It's always some stupid natural temptation how to get rich quick, you know, some dumb thing of the world and it's like next thing you know, you died inside and you're buried under a bunch of sin and now you can't hear the prophetic word you can't hear the voice of God and you got all these excuses of why it's okay for you and you're just not going to do anything in the kingdom now and you're called to be a king and a general of the olive tree you're called to be an anointed one I tell you the truth there is still time to just cast it off of you burn up all your idols Throw all your witchcraft manuscripts into the fire today. Every word you've received from everyone that's not God the Father, which is a witchcraft scroll. Black and white tongues of magic arts, of Satan and his angels. All those words, all those false words, those false prophecies. Every lie of the enemy, every lie of humanity. And throw it into the fire and let it burn. You're a lampstand of anointing oil with laughing tongues of fire on your head. The only destiny you have comes from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and that destiny is manifested through your hearts by a conditioning of the revelation of the love and the favor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you tomorrow. Glory.